This is February the 6th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, thank you for joining us. We started on January the 1st, making a year-long journey through the Word of God. So far, we've done Genesis, we've done Exodus, we've done Psalm 1 through 15, and now here we are approaching the middle of the Gospel of Matthew. Now, if you don't know the plan we're following, let me tell you what I want you to do. Go to keepbelieving.com. That's keepbelieving.com. That's the website of our ministry, Keep Believing Ministries. Go there on the front page of the website. Uh, you'll see a little link. It'll say for the Bible reading plan. Just click on that. It's a PDF. It's free. You can download it. Explains the plan we're following. Gives you the daily readings. And you can follow them also on a monthly basis. That way, you'll know where we've been and where we are going. Also, thank you for your comments. Thank you for your kind words, your questions. All of it means a great deal uh, to us. And if I haven't said this before, I hope you will pray. Ask you to pray for me, for strength, and for good health. This is a long journey. And now that I'm into it, um, it does seem like uh, just like climbing Mount Everest. And we are just a little, you know, there's the, the summit is way up there. Got to get to December to get to the summit. We got a long way to go, and I would appreciate your prayers. Uh, I, I feel unequal to this task and ask you to pray that God would, this, this is God's word. God's word is sufficient, but I certainly feel the need for strength from the Lord. So thank you, friends. Thank you for your love and for your prayers and for your encouragement. Okay, Gospel of Matthew today, Matthew 11, 12, and 13. Now, we're just kind of, going through the Gospels as we are the rest of the Bible, doing it fairly quickly, only way to get it done in one year. Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is the king, not just any king. He's the king. He is the king of the Jews. He is the promised Messiah. He's the fulfillment of all those Old Testament prophecies. And, and I told you that here are three words that give you the whole gospel. The king is revealed. That's what we've been looking at. The king is rejected, what we're coming to. And at the very end, the king is resurrected. Now, I want you to watch in today's reading. Chapter 11 is the climax of the first part of the gospel. The king is revealed. We're going to see an invitation there. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. That's a sign we've come to the end of the revelation section of the gospel of Matthew. This is who Jesus is. Now you know who I am. Come to me, he says. Starting in chapter 12, you're going to see the rejection part. Jesus, in some degree, withdraws, begins to focus on his disciples. But you're going to see the crisis comes in chapter 12. And then in chapter 13, he begins to teach his disciples in parables because it's truth the disciples would understand that a lot of the, the, the big crowds wouldn't understand. It's a, a strategy you follow when the leaders of the nation has said, you are doing this by the power of the devil himself. Let's begin to read. You'll see how all this works out. Matthew 11. When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he moved on from there to teach and preach in their towns. Now, when John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent a message through his disciples and asked him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied to them, go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with leprosy are healed, 
are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. As these men were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? See, those who wear soft clothes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence, and the violent have been seizing it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. Let anyone who has ears listen. To what should I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces who call out to other children. We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a lament, but you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Then he proceeded to denounce the towns where most of his miracles were done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes long ago. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until today. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 12. At that time, Jesus passed through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick and eat some heads of grain. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to them, him, see, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, haven't you read what David did when he and those who were with him were hungry, how he entered the house of God and they ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him or for those with him to eat, but only for the priests? Or haven't you read in the law that on Sabbath days, the priest and the temple violate the Sabbath and are innocent? 
I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Moving on from there, he entered their synagogue. There he saw a man who had a shriveled hand. And in order to accuse him, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He replied to them, who among you, if he had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't take hold of it and lift it out? A person is worth far more than a sheep. So it is lawful to do what is good on the Sabbath. Then he told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out. And it was restored as good as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might kill him. Jesus was aware of this and withdrew. Large crowds followed him and he healed them all. He warned them not to make him known so that what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not argue or shout and no one will hear his voice in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed. He will not put out a smoldering wick until he has led justice to victory. The nations will put their hope in his name. Then a demon possessed man who was blind and unable to speak was brought to him. He healed him so that the man could both speak and see. All the crowds were astounded and said, Could this be the son of David? When the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man drives out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. How can someone enter a strong man's house and steal his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, people will be forgiven every sin and blasphemy. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks the word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the one to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit will be good, or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers. How can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. A good person produces good things from his storeroom of good, and an evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered them, An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, 
but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at Jonah's preaching. And look, someone greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And look, someone greater than Solomon is here. When an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places looking for rest but doesn't find any. Then it says, I'll go back to my house that I came from. Returning, it finds the house vacant, swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. As a result, that person's last condition is worse than the first. That's how it will be with this evil generation. While he was still speaking with the crowds, his mother and brothers were standing outside waiting to speak to him. Someone said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to the one who was speaking to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Matthew 13. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky soil where it didn't have much depth, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up with it and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground and produced fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. Then the disciples came up and asked him, Why are you speaking to them in parables? He answered, Because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know, but it is not been given to them. For whoever has, more will be given to him, and he will have more than enough. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That is why I speak to them in parables, because looking they do not see, and hearing they do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, you will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing. They've shut their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn back. And I would heal them. Blessed are your eyes, because they do see. 
and your ears because they do hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see, but didn't see them. To hear the things you hear, but didn't hear them. So, Listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path, the one sown on rocky ground. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, but he has no root and is short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on the good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times what was sown. He presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while people were sleeping, his enemy came, sowed weeds among the wheat and left. When the plant sprouted and produced grain, then the weeds also appeared. The landowner's servants came to him and said, Master, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Then where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this. He's, he told them, So do you want us to go and pull them up? The servants asked him, No. No, he said, when you pull up the weeds, you might also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At harvest time, I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and tie them in bundles to burn them, but collect the wheat in my barn. He presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field, for it is the smallest of all the seeds. But when grown, it's taller than the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the sky come and nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables. He didn't tell them anything without a parable so that what was spoken through the prophet might be revealed. I will open my mouth in parables. I will declare things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He replied, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed, these are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels. Therefore, just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will gather from his kingdom all who cause sin and those guilty of lawlessness. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Let anyone who has ears, listen. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he finds one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a large net thrown into the sea. It collected every kind of fish, and when it was full, they dragged it ashore, sat down, and gathered the good fish into containers, but threw out the worthless ones. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out, separate the evil people from the righteous, and throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth." Have you understood all these things? They answered him, yes. Therefore he said, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom treasures new and old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he left there. He went to his hometown and began to teach them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, aren't they all with us? So where does he get these things? And they were offended by him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without, not without honor, except in his hometown and in his household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. End of the reading for today. Revealed. Rejected. You can see it, can't you? Resurrected, we'll get to at the end of the book. But in that middle chapter today, chapter 12, this man is doing, doing miracles by the power of the devil himself. The, the leaders of the nation, having heard and seen, having known the truth, rejected Jesus decisively. It's the great turning point in his miracle, in his ministry. Now Jesus is going to prepare his disciples for what is to come. We're going to see in the days to come prophecies and predictions about his crucifixion and his resurrection, which the disciples will not fully understand until looking back after he's gone to heaven. Then it will all make sense to them. Let us understand those parables in Matthew 13 tell us the whole course of this age. Many, 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 many people will believe, but many will not believe. Don't be surprised at that. Let's today be busy out serving the Lord. Let's go out and sow the good seed of God's word, the good seed of the gospel, the good seed of the truth. And let's just let's just scatter it everywhere we can. We're only responsible to do our part. And we'll just let God take care of everything else. So folks, go out and have a great, wonderful day serving the Lord. Come back. to You know what's going to happen tomorrow morning? Peter, he's going to walk on water. You won't believe what happens then. So come on back tomorrow morning. God bless folks. See you tomorrow morning. Have a great day.